0: Good morning. It is Thursday, February 15th, five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's talk about the latest meetings that Donald Trump has been holding. He's got uh, dual hearings going on right now. One of them, they're going to determine if uh, Fannie Willis is, Fannie, what you talking about, Willis is off the case. But it has been revealed that uh, he and some of his top advisors recently spoke with Tulsi Gabbard about foreign policy and about how he should run the department of defense under a second term how should it be different than the last time
2: well obviously that's intriguing to a lot of people because she has a generally non-interventionist policy and this is the balancing act of being an effective president when it comes to foreign policy because it's not realistic to say well we're not going to have any involvement anywhere at any time that that's an idealistic approach and not a bad one but it's not realistic the reality is we do need presence, that presence being the key word, mm-hmm. across the globe because there are strategic interests, interests, alliances, et cetera, that we do have a vested interest in ensuring protection for. But there is a vast difference between having a presence and having active involvement. And Donald Trump, to his credit, of all the things Trump did, I think the thing he did the best was his foreign policy approach and the progress he made on people like Kim Jong Un mm-hmm. the you know Israelis and the Palestinians and then obviously keeping us out of any new military you know involving troops engagements the the entire time now was he perfect on foreign policy no but he was pretty darn good in terms of l- lowering or at the very least, at least not exceeding our military footprint across the
3: globe.
0: Well, it's interesting you say um, best, and you said pretty good and does well, talking about his foreign policy, because part of this conversation was apparently how he would manage the DoD in a different way if he wins in November. It's different from how he did it last time. And by all accounts... It was pretty good last time. Well,
2: but there's obviously ways it can it can be better. And I think, again, it's this idea of peace through strength. And ha- we have a vested interest as a country in having a, a a robust military, just like President Reagan did, the abilities that our adversaries will realize we can act if necessary, but having great restraint in terms of the action and hopefully... The threat of force, the threat of military might, and the threat of people recognizing, hey, if we do something, we are going to be retaliated against, not just to an equal level, but a far greater level, will keep foreign nations who otherwise would take advantage, as they have under Biden, Mm -hmm. from doing so.
0: Okay, speaking of foreign nations and foreign policy, apparently, allegedly... Who knows? Vladimir Putin came out and said that Russia would prefer to see a President Biden with a second term versus uh, Donald Trump.
2: Wait, 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 wait. I thought the Russians rigged the election for Trump in 2016 because they like Trump.
0: Well, the reason that they'd rather have Joe Biden is because he's more predictable than Donald Trump.
2: Wait, predictable isn't like he's going to take a nap at 4 p.m. Right. Every day predictable isn't like he's not going to remember what foreign leader he just met with an hour ago.
0: But doesn't that go true to what you say a lot is that one of the things that uh, foreign leaders are nervous about Trump is you never know what he's going to do. Sure. And sure. so they like the predictability about Sleepy Joe.
2: Trump is not a crazy person. He is perceived as a crazy mm-hmm. person. And that is what I want in my... Leader, that's why Reagan was so successful with the Soviets. Reagan wasn't actually going to fire a nuclear missile at the Soviets, but they believed he was going to. Trump wasn't actually going to engage in military conflict with North Korea, but Kim Jong-un believed he might. And thus you see mass progress. Here is the thing with Trump. When he walks in a room, he has a presence. He has a gravitas about him. I know I've been there and seen it. The guy walks in and he, there are certain people and it's a very rare thing, but there are certain people that when they walk in a room, heads turn. Doesn't mean they're great people. It just means they have an aura about them mm-hmm. that no matter who else is in that room. And here is the great, the I've told this story before, but it's absolutely true. When I was a kid, we, my dad and I used to go to Indiana high school basketball events all the time. And this was at the kind of the height of Indiana high school basketball it was the, you know, the Damon Bailey era where you couldn't get a ticket to many high school basketball games. We went to an event at Market Square Arena. There were a lot of great, you know, up-and-comers. These guys are going to Purdue, and these guys are going to IU, and that's when that was a really big deal. And the place is sold out. And uh, you know, there's all these great high school basketball players on the on the floor, and people that are the the adults are totally enamored with. And at some point, Bob Knight walks. I think his son was playing in one of the games, and that's why he was there. And Bob Knight walks up. The ramp, and it's not like he's walking with a spotlight to center court. It's not like the PA announcer said, "Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Knight." Right. He simply walked into a corner of the gymnasium, and literally, and there, it's weird the things you remember as a kid. But literally, everybody stopped and started watching Bob Knight stand in a corner <laughs> rather than the basketball game with all these hype that people had paid to see play. That was no longer the thing. The thing was Bob Knight was in... Uh, 15,000 people, are out, however many people are there, Bob Knight was in the arena mm-hmm. because his presence was that big. Yeah. Donald Trump is the same way. His presence is bigger than he could ever actually be. But to these world leaders, a strongman like Putin, a strongman like uh, Kim Jong-un, they respect that. Yeah. They don't respect Joe Biden.
0: It's, it's that little bit of stardust, I guess. So Putin said allegedly biden is more experienced more predictable he's a politician of the old formation and uh then he went on to say but we're going to work with any u.s leader whom the american people trust biden's also not going to do anything casey well 13 people were assassinated
2: in afghanistan by a bunch of terrorists and biden did nothing
0: well if you're donald trump at this point don't you want to use that to your advantage and say putin likes biden that's reason enough to vote for me.
2: Yeah, if I were Trump, I'd start running ads about how the Russians are going to rig the election in favor of Joe Biden because Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they said about him in 2016, which is ludicrous. You can't rig an election, uh, let me rephrase that. You can't, a foreign entity cannot rig an election because the election machines are not hooked up to the internet. (laughs) It is impossible for a foreign (laughs) government to steal the election. Now, what you can do is you can have a state Supreme Court say that the Secretary of State can just send out ballots to unknown people and you have no idea who gets the ballots and no idea who fills them out and no idea who sends them back in. You can stop the count in places like Michigan in the middle of the night and then magically resume the count and who knows what happens and then the vote suddenly flips. You could theoretically rig an election those ways, but uh, Russia cannot rig the election as long as the machines aren't hooked up to the internet.
0: (laughs) So at a campaign rally last night, uh, Donald Trump He kind of seemed to embrace the criticism from Putin, and he just said, Putin is not a fan of mine. Uh, Tim Scott has been making the rounds with Donald Trump, and there are more rumors that he could be chosen as Trump's running mate. Of course, he was asked about this, and this, number 14, Jason, this is Tim Scott. This was his answer.
3: Well, my answer would be yes to America having four more years of Donald Trump. I don't think any one of us should make this about <laughs> me or any other person who might be the candidate right. for right. vice president. But he, you and I know, He mentioned you, you by not, name. You and I you know. You not so know. that means you're so on the short list. You. If he comes to you, what do you say? Listen, everybody wants to serve their country. The best way for me to serve my country right now <laughs> is to make sure well, that Donald Trump gets four more years. We're better off under Trump. You and I both know it, let's vote for him, but let's also get out and campaign for Donald Trump. We cannot afford people losing hope in the American dream because Joe Biden gets another four years. With Donald Trump, low inflation, low crime, we have law and order once again. It's a good day for Americans.
0: So it's 14 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And uh, in light of the latest DOJ report of Biden's mishandling documents, where they've said that he's an elderly man who forgets who has memory loss. uh, The Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, said that uh, a man too incapable of being held accountable for mishandling classified information is certainly unfit for the Oval Office. So where does Joe Biden now rank on the list of worst presidents ever?
2: All right, so we have had our friend Ethan Hatcher. He, of course, Mm -hmm. does the Saturday Night on the Circle um, program. You can hear seven to nine Saturday nights here on WIBC. Remember when Trump said at the very early on in biden's presidency uh, biden is worse than the whatever it was three or five worst presidents in american i think it was five worst presidents in american history combined and yeah. ethan just lost his mind and said oh no i can disprove that and then he came in with a list of five people who he said were worse and then gradually over time biden is on the list mm-hmm. and he keeps moving up the list right and so i thought now with biden being announced to have a memory so bad that he can't even remember when he was vice president or when his kid died. Well,
0: and now there's argument over that because it was recently reported that it was... uh Robert Herr who asked the question about Bo Biden's death and Joe Biden got very mad about that. Now it's being reported that Joe Biden's the one who actually brought that up. He wasn't even asked about it.
2: Either way, the guy has clearly lost his marbles and so we thought, I think Biden was <laughs> a top three the six months ago or whenever we did mm-hmm. this last with Ethan, but now would be a good time to bring Ethan back in, see if he has altered the list at all. Okay. Joe Biden is yet to ascend to the worst president in American history. Alright,
0: that's coming up from 93 WIBC <laughs> 19 After 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right, we've got Ethan who's going to join us and update us on the uh, list you're, of worst presidents ever in just a minute. You're a
2: total prima donna. You're just like big timing everyone today. I'd like to come on at this time. No, <laughs> no, I demand to come on at this time. What like what? I guess your time is more valuable than Ethan's. I mean, you barged in the here. The ratings you're...
4: would dictate, sir. <laughs>
2: True. Uh, it's a, Any lies told there? <laughs> Spitting facts. I mean, okay. there, there's a fact, though, that, I mean, you're just being kind of rude to poor Ethan who rearranged his day to come in at a specific time, and then you just barge in here, and you're oh, like, oh, a...
4: now you're concerned about being rude after you hijacked one of our guests yesterday <laughs> on the day that we have him locked in every day. So how about you just sit down, shut the hell up, and let me play this clip I
2: wanted to play Sure. we're time. Hammer's here. Hello. Thank you.
4: <laughs> uh... So you – I think it was you were talking the other day about some of these ridiculous ads yeah. that were airing here on this radio station, mm-hmm. which, first of all, thank you for spending money with <laughs> us. But some of these ads are awful, and you and I have talked in the past, and I think we're serious about this. Yes. Why don't these campaigns hire, hire us yeah, to absolutely. either write the negative campaign ads against their opponents mm-hmm. or hire us to get them ready for debates? Yeah. Because these, a lot of these ads are worthless. And I'm over these ads where everybody's talking about they're an outsider. <laughs> right? They're all outsiders. Right. Like, there's a point to where being an outsider backfires. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm talking about. I produced an outsider ad yesterday for <laughs> Nigel. And to me, this is what all of these ads sound
1: like. Mm-hmm tired of the same old results tired of the status quo if so it's time for an outsider Someone of the outside who has no idea of what the hell to do. Nigel Laskowski is that outsider. You don't want experience or a candidate with connections. You want an outsider. Nigel has never been to any council meetings. Why? Because he's an outsider. Experienced candidates will crunch numbers for a budget and work with other elected leaders. Not Nigel. He's an outsider. <laughs> Nigel plans to show up to work drunk and then spend most of his day on the toilet. An experienced candidate sends out a text message of his crank with the caption reading, How's my polling? No, an outsider would. So this year, say goodbye to experience and qualifications. Say hello to a man so dumb that he thought that grape nuts was an STD. Nigel Moskowski. Fat Drunk Outside <laughs> I'm Donald Trump And I approve this message <laughs> yeah, Perfect I got the Trump endorsement you baby You did
4: They all sound <laughs> they like do. that to me now So good Every one of them Like at what point do you say you know what? Maybe I want somebody on the inside. Somebody that actually knows what the hell they're Little doing. Little
0: information. Not Nigel. My, favorite, my favorite part was
2: he's never been to a council meeting.
0: Exactly. <laughs> he's an
2: outsider.
0: You want an outsider? Somebody has no clue about the process. He doesn't he's know anybody. Guy. He has no plans.
4: He's an outsider. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll be lucky if he even shows up. He well, doesn't even want this Well, job. isn't that
2: what Zionsville elected with that Democrat lady? And I mean, look how it went for him.
4: Oh, Emily! Dan? Mayor Emily, the effing mayor of, Z- <laughs> that's of Zionsville. Right, right. where's she at now
2: that a uh, old John Stair is kind of walking is over that her grave? While John Stair is the mayor of Zionsville, that's news, awesome. man. John Stair is the mayor of Zionsville. That's crazy.
0: Well it could happen for nigel you it could it could someday <laughs> i still
4: think with the machine that we can provide yeah, here the pr political machine we could get nigel elected yeah. the mayor. but of you make Zion's a great role.
2: point though about these candidates and their ads are all the same mm-hmm. and they're boring and nobody cares that you know you were in a tent as a child and no one cares uh, i mean it's just like uh, what are we doing here tell me what you're going to do to help me tell right. me what you're going to do to make our lives better
4: he's an outsider. He can't even read. <laughs>
2: well, that's
0: that's great, but I kind of want somebody that actually has a plan. Right, exactly. Start off with the image, but then move to uh, strategy. So what was uh, the
4: argument with Rob's wife, Casey? You were telling me something during the break.
0: Well, he was, okay, so yesterday, Valentine's Day, Rob posted to his uh, ex-account a beautiful picture of his wife. She's standing in front of the Capitol building, and it looks like it's maybe from summer or spring. Was that a recent photo? My
2: my thing that I love that is so hilarious is my wife worked in state government, and nobody knew it the whole time she was there. Nobody is meaner to state government than me, and my wife Mm -hmm. worked in state government. And nobody ever knew because before we got married, so her name was a different last name. Right. Or,
4: or now hear me out, maybe it's the total opposite. Maybe they knew, but they were too chicken blank to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> They're a Johnny Tough guy when they think you're not around, but when somebody that is related to you is around, they don't say anything.
2: Yeah, it could be. Well, so she, of course, no longer does. And um, Oh, I was just pointing out to Casey that I... My wife hates the internet. She works in cybersecurity, and so everything is. was oh, like- it
4: that being an outsider? <laughs> Cybersecurity. She hates the internet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's an outsider.
2: Everything is, you know, the world's greatest. Oh, they could get this on you, and they could get that on you, and that's the world I live in. Realize my wife could hack my entire life in about 20 seconds. Right. So you have to be nice to this woman. Oh my goodness. And the no hanky panky here, because I'm sure every text I send and every everything, she's (laughs) fully aware. She's
4: the security threat we were warned about yesterday with the Mm -hmm. Russian nukes. (laughs) She works
2: for a large company now, and her job is to get the employees to do wrong things, so with their emails and stuff, so then they can lecture them on their uh, behavior. She's on, like it. the Chris Hansen of internet, <laughs> basically. Yes, and so and you have met my wife. She's just the sweetest, she's most a nice delight. person in the whole world. No idea why she's married to me, but she hates. She doesn't have a Facebook or Tw- Twitter or any of that stuff, and and so she is very. Uh, against me posting Mm -hmm. any photos of her on the internet. She likes her privacy. Every so often I do make her let me post like when before Olivia was born I posted a photo of us together so we would have one etc. But it's very rare she lets me post anything on the internet. And so yesterday I said it's Valentine's Day I would like to post Mm -hmm. something About you on the internet, and And you were very
0: nice. You said, "I'd like to wish my lovely wife happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for making me a daddy-o and being such a great supporter of all that I do." Absolutely,
2: and and then we had to have like a ninety-three minute discussion about what photo I was going to post, and I instantly regret (laughs) this decision as soon as I do, uh, you know, decided to do this. But my thing I noticed was on Facebook, there is like almost 400 likes of this photo and there's all these likes on twitter and instagram Mm -hmm. and i'm feeling a little slighted because i never get anywhere close to that many likes and it's (laughs) my account you're there because you seemingly want to be friends with me and yet i get like two likes on photos of myself but yet Mm -hmm. my wife Mm -hmm. who doesn't even have the internet and most of you have never met she gets like 400 likes so
4: if i understand the information correctly yeah I'm just going to be the outside counsel here. (laughs) You're going to be the the outsider? outsider. I'm going to be the outsider. (laughs) Yeah. You're telling me that people would prefer to look at an attractive woman. Yes,
2: that's what I said.
4: Compared to you. That's what I said. That'll be $5,000. That's my retainer. Do you
2: understand where I'm coming from, though? It's my account. Yes,
4: you're not an attractive man. Do you understand where I'm coming from? She is a beautiful woman who has completely settled for you. You have outkicked your coverage. She is an attractive woman. You
0: are just a few years away from being Clint Howard. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) <laughs> I also did- also I think the the short supply breeds demand because it's so rare that we get pictures yeah. of her that when you do see one. Yeah. Oh, you get a reaction. Is it
2: also wrong that I pointed out to her that yesterday was Valentine's Day and the first Valentine's Day we had together, she made me a nice steak mm-hmm. and went totally above and overboard? Yeah. And now I have to buy Arby's for us on Valentine's <laughs> Day. Was that wrong of me to point that out to her?
4: Yes, because she dropped a shorty for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. When a chick drops a shorty for you, you don't get to complain, where's my steak anymore? Uh, by the way, before I let you go,
2: would you like to tell everyone what you got for Valentine's Day? That was oh, awesome. it's
4: hanging up in my office office now. I've got the uh, artwork. It's framed. (laughs) It's a a portrait of Harry from (laughs) Dumb and Dumber. Mm Having explosive diarrhea in the toilet. <laughs> Your wife knows you so well. Hey, can see the photo. It's in my office right now. At Hammer and Nigel. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
2: Hey, what's coming up this afternoon? You oh, that's are right. going to go off the yeah,
4: rails right. and uh, we'll talk about the biggest stories of the day. A lot of drama in mm-hmm. indie courtrooms. I mean, this is
0: some wild stuff. Yeah. We'll get into it. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thanks. Hey guys, Hammer. it's Rob
2: from my friends at We Grow Hair Indie. Three years on and I still love how my hair looks thanks to the multi-unit hair grafting procedure at We Grow Hair Indy and if you have lost a little confidence based on what's going on up top can't recommend We Grow Hair Indy enough Darren and the gang they do a phenomenal job they're very low pressure totally free consultation and if they can't help you they'll tell you but there is a good chance they can help you so what do you have to lose 317-522-2995 317 or WeGrowHairIndy.com, WeGrowHairIndy.com. You got nothing to lose, everything to gain up top. What a great way to get your confidence back, and there's a good chance. If you see my friends at WeGrowHairIndy, you'll start loving the way you look when you look in the mirror. 317-522-2995 or WeGrowHairIndy.com. Tell them Rob sent you.
0: All right. It's time to find
2: out, is Joe Biden the worst president in American history? The list is out. And here once again to update us on where he puts Joe Biden. Is Ethan Hatcher, you know him from Saturday Night on The Circle. All right. We've been doing this for about Two and a half years yeah. now, um, when Trump declared Biden was worse than the five worst presidents in American history combined, you, Ethan, came in flailing your arms, saying that is totally illogical. He was not initially in your top five, I don't believe. And now, the last time we've done this, numerous times over the past two and a half years, you moved Biden up to a, was it number three? Yes, last he time has, he
5: has inched his way up to number three, Woo. but I just, I just don't think he can get past the top okay, two okay. worst. Presidents. Who are the
2: top five? Real quick,
5: the let's start there. The top five are uh, going in reverse. Number five, Andrew Johnson. Number four, Warren Harding. <laughs> number three, Joe Biden. Number two, Woodrow Wilson. And number one, James Buchanan.
2: Okay, Buchanan's a pretty hard one to beat because he was the reason there was a civil war, and that's really going to be a tough one to right. hop over. But Well, Wood- also, he intervened in the Dred J- Scott decision, well, which declared African
5: Americans uh, non-citizens.
2: Now, explain to us, the Woodrow Wilson one, though, <laughs> Is it because Wilson was racist? or Wilson is, there some, is was there not th- just racist, sir. He was super racist. Okay, but you can make a come against Biden is super racist too. In the mm-hmm.
5: things that he has said, but the actions that Woodrow Wilson took during the administration were so regressive to progress that the African-American community had obtained that it set back the nation generationally and also the impact he's had on foreign policy because he was instrumental in establishing the League of Nations which evolved to become the United Nations, which is an entity that is so worthless today, it has allowed South Africa to sue Israel over declarations of genocide against Palestine. So So think about the generational
2: impact that Woodrow Wilson had. Casey was just emphatically pounding the table, though. She found a bunch of racist quotes from Biden.
0: Casey, would you like to reveal
2: some of the racist quotes from Biden that you found? Uh,
0: First one is that he called integrated schools racial jungles.
2: Yeah, that's pretty
5: bad. In
0: 1977. Do you remember... When he called uh, Barack Obama that clean, nice looking man. Yeah, that's, that's a fair-
5: fairy tale, dude. That's yeah. a pretty racist. Um, okay, <laughs>
0: he voted to shield some segregated schools with tax exempt status. He opposed a homogenous society. He also, let's see here, um, he lied about marching for civil rights right. and growing that's, up in a black is that, church. Is that just
2: being a pathological liar or being an actual racist? Which, one, Or is it both? Uh, is it racist to claim that you were part of the civil rights yeah. movement? <laughs>
0: Okay, back in 2019, <laughs> he were. equated uh, being poor to being non-white. That's right. Yeah, right. Poor
2: kids are just as bright as white kids. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the all-time greatest hits yeah. from Joe Biden. Okay, so here would be the question to me, Ethan. What would Biden have to do at this point to hop? I don't think he's going to catch Buchanan, at least in the remainder of this term, because that, that's pretty bad. But what could he do to hop over Woodrow Wilson at this point?
5: I mean, he would have to establish an entirely new kind of taxation. Woodrow Wilson, of course, was behind the implementation of the 1913 oh, Revenue true. Act, yeah, which was bad. the first income yeah. tax since that's the Civil bad. War. It's been a political football ever since. And as far as racism is concerned, now Joe Biden has said some pretty stupid and some pretty racist things. Yeah. but You mean like he- when he
0: called that black reporter a junkie? Go ahead.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but has he resegregated the Treasury Department and the Post Office and implemented policies that would allow discrimination
2: in hiring practices? He didn't try to get me fired though for not getting a vaccine that doesn't work. That seems
0: kind of extreme.
5: Did he did he screen a Ku Klux Klan documentary at the White House? And no,
0: re- but he did equate donuts and convenience stores <laughs> with Indian Americans.
5: That's not as bad as helping repopularize the Klan case. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. You're it's okay to be wrong, but that's what okay, you Okay, so what this is a
2: this, okay, is it is it okay, so he no doubt Woodrow L- look, Wilson
5: was horrible, but uh, Ulysses S. Grant had declared and Congress uh, in conjunction with Congress had declared the Ku Klux Klan a terrorist organization. Yeah. And because of Woodrow Wilson, he helped repopularize them bad. and they had reached their that's pinnacle a big one. in the 1920s right after the uh, Wilson administration. That's a big
2: one. Yeah, that's a good one, Ethan. I that's mean, pretty...
5: like, Biden has said bad things, but Woodrow Wilson has done far and that, worse. And he's the, a real bastard.
2: And man. The, in- the income tax is really bad, too.
0: Okay, but what about, I mean, Biden's relationship with China, selling out your country? You don't think that's worse?
2: What about yeah, office for sale? Where does office for sale rank with? You haven't mentioned the, that at all. The one right, the one
5: identifying factor of Biden right now is mm-hmm. the dementia-addled presidency. But even that is not so egregious as Woodrow Wilson because, and we talked about this before on past segments, Edith Wilson became the de facto president mm-hmm. of the United States because yeah. he had a stroke, and she was the oh, well, sole. I, we, no, she was the sole go-between between members of Congress and the cabinet. Now, Joe Biden, he can at least shuffle up and do a press conference but woodrow wilson was completely bedridden and unable to speak for himself so edith wilson was dictating administration policy speaking for her husband becoming the de facto president like jill biden's not given the the press conferences jill biden is not
2: (laughs) that we know of i want i want him to hop over wilson but i I,
1: i'm man i'm so bad well when i was texting (laughs) ethan the other night
2: i was like man i'm gonna make the case against this but when you just say the stuff out loud (laughs) It's just really hard to hop over that, isn't it?
5: It is. Woodrow Woodrow Wilson was really, really bad. And then also the impact that he's had on historical analysis. Now, this wasn't in his capacity as president of the United States, but rather president of – Oh, I forget the unit, Princeton, Princeton University, mm-hmm. um, where he helped popularize the lost cause myth- mythology, which was a slavery apologism, reevaluation of the causes of the Civil War, reframing it as state's love, rights and not about slavery. I which...
2: love how much you know about all of this and that you can actually come in and make a case <laughs> on how Woodrow Wilson was more racist than Joe Biden. This is our show, Casey. Mm-hmm. This is our show. Hey, we've got about 30 seconds left here. What is coming up on Saturday night on The Circle this Well, week? we're
5: definitely going to be Talking about Joe Biden's antics, and then also, um, of course, Denise Paul Hatch, the constable of Marion <laughs> County. Oh boy. Which, we'll be getting into some. We're going to talk about that with yes, Abdul coming up.
2: Yes, this woman is. Cr- what's going on? With I saw her
5: meltdown in the Center Township Court. I came in and watched her screaming insults at the police and the staff. Okay, it so was, if
2: you're like, what in the world is Ethan talking about? Abdul <laughs> is going to be with us, and we're going to go into detail on all this stuff with this wild and wacky constable. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: It's coming up. It's kind Kendall- of. KC on 93 WIBC. Thanks, Ethan.
2: It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and oh my goodness, look who it is. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, my friend. He's an author. He's a broadcaster, provocateur, and the owner and operator of IndiePolitics.org. Abdul-Akhim Shabazz, hello. Good morning. All right, so what is going on with this constable that we heard all about? Some constable. (laughs) I didn't even know that was still a thing until a couple months ago. But now there's some local constable who's been arrested what is happening
6: yes it is denise paul hatch she is the township of center constable uh and what a do doing in in uh in, in marin county they have two jobs uh basically it's a serve process so if you sue somebody to small claims court you can have the constable deliver ah, service they'll find you hand you the thing or uh, and also they do court security that's what bailiffs and constables okay pretty do. simple job pretty simple stuff not all that powerful no no. This is the lady who apparently didn't get that memo. No, she and Denise Paul Hatch has been a a a hemorrhoid. Oh <laughs> Boy, and, and Mary kind of policy. For, 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 for a very, very, very long time. and she got in a fight with the small claims court judge over, over who could arrest people and there was out like crap <laughs> earlier this summer. And so the the most recent issue was um and this, I gotta get into weeds just a little bit. Uh in addition to being a constable, there are deputy constables. those people you sort of, you know, Hire
2: a cons- do the work for you. Yeah, do the work
6: for you. you it's get like the-
2: like a coroner. A lot of times doesn't actually do the autopsies. They yeah. have somebody actually knows what they're doing. Yeah,
6: and they and they, and the and, and, and the deputy constable is going to cut up whatever they do. So let's yeah. say you get fifteen dollars for a service process. The, the constable gets five, gets ten. The deputy constable gets like what is five. this? The mafia? Like a little bit of a taste? Actually, constables <laughs> are actually making more than oh like judges God. were. Why is this a thing? Hey, we will get all that in just a bit. And so it turns out, and what Denise Paul Hatch would do is she would give her constables like a badge, like, hey, we're deputy constables, and they would pretend they were law enforcement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like a it's like Dwight Schrute on the office. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, here's where it gets interesting. So you have a deputy constable, uh, this was uh last summer, I think, was driving on uh high school road near thirty-eighth street, reaches for something, almost causes an accident. So IMP the office is like, Hey, what's what's going on here? So the cops pull him over. Like, hey, what's what's going on here? And so they they run the place, everything. They find out, a the guy uh, has expired plates, not wearing a seat belt, and also he had a uh, conviction for domestic violence. So this was a guy given authority by this woman. Yeah, this and gun a gun. Woman. Oh, I don't. Are you supposed to have a gun? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> because you not. Supposed, you can you can carry a gun. That's fine. But you cannot have a gun if you're a convicted felon in Indiana, and and particularly for domestic violence because that's kind of dangerous. So. While the cop is running the plates, the deputy constable is on the phone with the, with, the, with with <laughs> with these Paul Hatch saying, "Hey, the cops will be over, blah blah blah," mm-hmm. and she's like, "Put me on the phone with the cop," and oh, the cop's like, "No, I'm not. Nah. this is like something out of court TV, court camp." It was hilarious. <laughs> I I, I got to find the desk camp, the, the the cop webcam footage. So then, so they're like, "Hey, this guy's a deputy constable. We know these Paul Hatch is kind of crazy." So you know the other cops show up because you know when you pull one person over, eight cops got to yeah, show up sure. there, absolutely, particularly when, particularly when there's a gun involved, right? And so Denise Paul Hatch starts to interfere. Like comes like, "Hey, you need to." She comes to the scene, right? Yeah, and the cops like, "Hey, you need to get back to back. It's mm-hmm. a crime scene." And then she- I'm not making this up. She goes this something out of court TV. She goes over to the police officer's car where her deputy is in the back and tries to open the door oh, no. and get him out of the back of the car. Wow. So that was one thing. Indiana oh wait, there, there's more. There's more than this. This. Yeah. Then there's another one. Then there's another thing where she went to like the store, like a Walmart or something. And she brought like some rotten fruit with her and tried to exchange it. Hey, you guys sold me bad fruit. Mm-hmm. So she's been technically charged now with one to like five five counts. Like I think four or five of them are felonies, one misdemeanor. But here's where it gets even more interesting. <laughs> the indictments weren't released. She wasn't arrested until like last a week ago uh, today. But the indictments were all sealed because they didn't want her to find out about it, because if they figured she'd find out about it, she would leave. She'd escape and leave town. Oh. This is crazy that this position no, even no. exists. This is Denise Paul Hatch. Yeah,
2: but this is crazy that this position <laughs> even exists where they appear to do two very minor things that easily another already existing layer of government could probably handle. Yes. Is there going to be some movement now at the General Assembly to say,
6: Get this is crazy that we have people like this? Well, it doesn't it doesn't help, let's put it that way. And already uh state police have put us out a directive basically saying that hey, these guys are not ILEA certified, so they can't do they can't arrest they, you. They, they can't arrest you. And then also they also lost some uh access to some other things as well uh, with with IMPD, but no. This it we need to have a discussion about township government. Even though I've a couple of friends who are, who are good township officials, we need to have a conversation about township government and what exactly who are they and what the hell do they do all day?
2: So this, okay, you make a great point. Be- well, 15 years, didn't we? It's been more than that now. How long ago was that Kernan-Shepard report? That was almost 20 years ago now. Years ago. Yep. Mitch Daniels commissioned Joe Kernan, the former governor, and Randall Shepard, who was a s- former uh, chief justice of the state <laughs> Supreme Court, a Republican and Democrat. Hey, you guys solve g- the local government in the state of Indiana. They put together this great report. And nobody's really done anything with it. It just sat on a uh, mantle and collected dust. And you lo- hear things like this, and it's like, w- what What prodding would you need to realize township government is totally outdated and antiquated?
6: Well, see, the problem is, though, and this is from a political perspective, is that township government is a lot of where the farm team comes from. Right. And a lot of these lawmakers, particularly, a lot of rural areas, need the township and township and township government to, you know, these are the troops mm-hmm. who go out, knock on doors, make phone calls, and the yeah. whole. The whole nine yards. So, uh, Abdul is here.
2: You were at the Rust hearing at the state Supreme Court this week, and you're a lawyer by by a trade. What uh, what say you about the line of questioning
6: from the judges? I thought the judge asked a very good question. I thought both lawyers probably could have been prepared a little bit better, maybe made a couple different arguments uh, in uh, in their oral presentation. Uh, but the one th- I do think they're going to uh, uphold Judge Dietrich's ruling with some, with some changes in it. And it's not so much the, the, the two primary rule that says you gotta run in two primaries to, to be on the ballot. Uh this was the or get a get or get a letter from your county chairman that's saying you're a good standing. One thing that Justice Rush was wondering was like, Well, what's the standard? What's the criteria for right. being
0: in good standing? Being in good
6: standing. Mm-hmm. Is it I like you, Rob, or I hate you, Casey, or, hey, Casey gave me $50,000, so guess what? You're a Republican in great standing. right?
0: <laughs> so, Superior standing. Yeah,
6: exactly. So what's, yeah. The, so what's the criteria? And laws can be thrown out for what's called void for vagueness because there's no, like, okay, well, so what does this mean? You're in good standing. Right.
2: Well, the other thing, that, and Casey and I have gone back and forth on this, and we talked about a statehouse happenings today. They've yet to clarify how if you're 18 years old, you're eligible by state statutes to be able to run for certain public offices Yet, if you have to vote in two primaries in order to
6: be eligible to vote, these two things can't both be true, right? Exactly, which is why, once again, I think uh, that's why I think the law will be thrown out or, or at the very least amended or, or what's called sort of reversed and remanded with new instructions. Tweaked. But yeah, but but here's one thing, too, though. They they heard the case like literally, you know, this week. The deadline to withdraw is tomorrow.
0: So do you think they're going to rule before no. tomorrow morning?
2: Now you the, the, didn't. Now it's interesting. You have been the from the beginning. You were steadfast. They were not going to rule right away. Russ thought they were going to. Nikki Kelly thought they were going mm-hmm. to. But you have been steadfast. They were not going to rule right
6: away. Well, because here is the thing: the deadline to withdraw is the ninth. Then the deadline to file a challenge to, to, to a challenge for somebody on the ballot is the end of the month. So they they would have to come back in a couple of weeks with, with the decision. Or my thing is they'll let. They'll let the law stand as it is. They'll just do it after the primary. So, is
2: it like a jury? Explain how the state supreme court works. Is it like a jury, where hey, we've heard the case and we go in a back room and start talking about it, or do they just email each other, or how do they, or do they deliberate at all with each other? All,
6: all of the above. They, 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 they I want to say after court, they, they, they heard the arguments. They'll go back to have a sort of initial meeting. People sort of figure out sort of where everybody is. Start drafting the opinion, and The opinions will get circulated. Until do, we, they, do we read anything into the fact that they didn't rule right away? I mean,
2: to me, it would be like, this is, I mean, I, I, you're the lawyer here. So I'm asking, and, you, and you've and you covered the state Supreme Court. To me, I, I just, I wonder, do they, after their meeting, are they like, okay, we're going to rule in a month? We're going to rule in a week? I mean, what, what do, do we read? anything? Do they from even the, tell you? Right. Have they, do we read anything from the fact that they, uh, as of you and I sitting here talking, that they have not come out with an opinion yet
6: as as i as i asked uh the spokesperson for the supreme court like hey catherine uh you guys realize you're here this case in the middle of deadlines She's like yeah we know
0: they don't care like they it doesn't like, mean anything like, to them like,
6: the court, the court will rule when the court feels like ruling. Boy, that'd be a great position to be in. Right.
2: I will show up and do this show when I feel like showing up and doing this show. <laughs> <laughs>
6: and, and that's what they will do. All right, what's cut? Co- are you working this weekend? Actually, yes. Oh
2: Well, hot dang! What are we doing? One to uh, one to three Saturday.
6: Uh, talking to Andy Downs, the Mike Downs, Center for Indiana Politics about uh, session, the governor's race. Also uh, interviewing uh, my good, your good friend Michael Hicks. Oh boy! About some of the economic disconnects, and the, the economy, of all well, the data is doing well, but people still don't feel it. So what's going on uh, uh-huh. there? Uh, also, uh, I'll, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That and a couple of You don't interviews. even know
2: what you're doing. You just make it up as you go along. All, you,
6: all I know is that the show we put together in about 10 minutes. Are you going to be
0: polling it all soon for the governor's race?
6: Uh, yes. Uh, we'll be doing some polling. We're trying to shoot for the end of March so we can release the results right around early voting, which is April 7th.
0: Mm, so, he- so we'll know going in. He is
2: an author. He is a broadcaster. He's the owner and operator of IndiePolitics.org. Abdul Kim Shabazz, thank
6: you. Oh, by the way, happy belated Valentine's Day. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Hopefully your has loved me as much as mine loves me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Abdul. And that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Jason. And thank you for listening. Tony Katz is up next. This has been Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.